0: Is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talkin' Buds Podcast. It is the Talkin' Buds Podcast. It's the Talkin' Buds Podcast, folks. Talkin' Buds Podcast. Season two, Talkin' Buds Podcast. Let's go. Someone has got to be a big boy and step up. Oh, he's a legend absolute legend what is it going to take for this team to win a round in the playoffs who's a bum and who is a beauty austin matthews it's time to be in a lead hockey player night in night out this 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 is the talking buds podcast And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 42 of the Talkin' Buds podcast. Ryan, it's been a long time since we can jump on here with a positive take out of the gate. The Maple Leafs are 2-0 in the Sheldon Keefe era. Yes, positivity. It's been hard to come by this season, but... 2-0 under Sheldon Keefe, played well the first game, fought got, hard in the second yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, got through the second game. But you know what? They got the W, man. Like, might not have been pretty at times, but there's been a lot of times this year where they would have blown that. Like, nothing. Like, nothing. So, so the fact that they gutted that out, dub's a dub at this point. So, Ryan, I'm sitting here today, and I'm going, There's we usually do two blocks on the show. And I'm going, okay, one block I want to talk about the new look Maple Leafs under Sheldon Keefe. And the other block I want to talk about Mike Babcock. So, I just, we got to start with Babcock, man. It's just, this, this story is just too juicy, too... Interesting, too multifaceted. Oh man, it is has layers to this thing. So, you have said forever on this show that if you were a player, you would not be able to tolerate Mike Babcock. I want you to just, before we get into the specifics, tell me why that was always your take and your opinion. It's almost hard to, like, explain it. It's just, like, a feeling. Like, it's just... You watch the way he conducts himself in the media. You watch the way he conducts himself on the bench. You watch the way he... Like, the way he treats players. The way he uh, puts together his lineup. His decision-making. And I think, if anything, it's just, like... You can tell he's so into himself. Like, he loves the the good pro and unbelievable. We make jokes of it, but he, he takes himself very seriously and it seems like he has a massive ego and you could tell he's not a guy who you could just go in his office and kind of shoot the breeze with him about the newest Avengers movie, you know, like something like that's a bad example, but something like that. So I feel like after a while you have to deal with a guy like that day in, day out. And seeing the way he treats players, making their his mind up about them previously to even seeing them play a game in a maple leaf uniform. It's just little signs here and there that just ticked me off to be like, I'm someone who's more from like the Austin Matthews generation. And I understand that our generation and the younger that guys get in this league. They're not going to, it's it's going to be tough to handle a guy who's that into himself and a guy who's that hard on his players. So that's just the feeling I always had about Mike. The reason why I just asked you to um, reiterate your take like that is because that is exactly what we're learning about Mike Babcock and how these players felt about him. Ryan, this guy's reputation as a coach is... And as a human being has taken a beating in the last three, four days. And based on what happened last night, the news that came out last night, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, buddy. Yeah. And dude, this is hard. Like, I don't find this enjoyable at all. Like we could come on here and just be hot take artists and agree with everyone and be bash him because it's just, I don't know, it's an easy thing to do right now, but I find this situation as a Leaf fan very difficult right now, dealing with all these stories coming out and just like the backlash towards Mike, because I don't want to hate Mike, man. Like I I don't, I don't hate Mike Babcock, but it's where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you're hearing stories like this and you hear Jeff O'Neill on Overdrive for all the people who probably listen to this podcast probably take a listen to overdrive and you listen to the way he's talking about him. Like it maybe some, some of it is not true or it's been taken a little too far, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And this guy for all the things that he's done to players, like now they're just like revolting almost oh, like yeah. they're all just standing up and, and rising up and sharing their stories about what this guy Has done in the locker room, or what he's done to certain players on the Red Wings, on the Leafs, that that just other players find disgusting, and it's 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 difficult to like. I just can't hate on Mike, but you hear these stories, and you're like, you know what? I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. I kind of had an inkling he did things like this, but it's like you're really going after a guy's character right now. Like, oh, he's taking a beating. Oh, yeah, he's hacking him like. Like, this oh, yeah. isn't just hockey related. I feel like this is, no. this is like Jeff going O'Neil after tonight, someone's character. Jeff O'Neill tonight called him a terrible human being. Like 800 times. Yeah. Mike Commodore has called him a terrible human being. Mark yeah, Fraser like called crazy. him a terrible human being. Like, it's, it's gotten past the point of him just being like an outdated coach and an egomaniac to people are starting to say, this guy is a bad person. Yeah. Like, this isn't, Boy, oh, bag skated us after practice every game and he treated us awful. But at the end of the day, he got the best out of us. Like this is like way beyond hockey. I feel like right now this is attacking like another human being. Yeah. Like, let's let's like, go in chronological chronological order. So. The last time we were on was like the day of. So the day they fired Babcock was our last episode. So we, at that point in time, we hadn't seen any like player reaction. We saw Brendan Shanahan's little press conference. He had another one the next day with Kyle Dubas. And then Dubas had another one introducing Sheldon Keefe. But I want to talk about the players. Ryan, in all the years that I've been watching sports, okay, when coaches get fired, most of the time the reaction of the players is like disappointment and they put it on themselves and they're like this is not a day to celebrate we just got a guy fired we got to pick up our socks we got to uh, get this ship righted sort ourselves out whatever ryan that was not the vibe around this team not
1: these guys close.
0: were stoked before the arizona game Sean McKenzie is interviewing Travis Dermott and he basically says, yeah, I thought they made the right move. Yeah. I thought, I I thought getting a new voice in here was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like that's, and that's what's just adding to this storyline of Mike Babcock right now is it's clear that all these players are, like you said, stoked that he's gone. It's like, sweet. Now we got a new coach, new chance. Oh, fresh yeah. air, fresh locker room, and one of the one of the um, things that we always criticized Babs for on this show was just how rigid and stubborn he always was. Like, if he made up his mind about a player or a line or defense pairing, that was it, and it, it took a lot for him to change his mind. And Sheldon Keefe comes in, he moves Hyman to the right side, he moves. Mckayev up to the second line, just subtle changes. Yeah, that that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him a round of applause for that move. But Ryan, he it's insane the difference in Tyson Berry. Yeah, that that has been the instant like that's what you've seen immediately with Sheldon Keith being hired as Tyson Berry is is free for the two games he's played Like let's see what he does with a little more time, but Like, that is the immediate thing that you've noticed that since he's taken over, there was clearly something happening. There was clearly something happening with Tyson Barry and Mike Babcock. And And, Babcock was doing something that was making Barry uncomfortable, and his game just fell off as a result. Yeah. And, Rob, like, this, me personally, like, the thing, I don't want to sit here and call Mike Babcock a bad person, okay? but there's no doubt that he's he's weird like there's something weird about him like the fact that he cares so much about guys fitness levels and the fact that he can just make his mind up about a human being and just like he just something about their game he can't stand and he just has to throw them up in the press box and it's so blatantly obvious you can point them out, all the players over the past couple of years that he singled out and made an example out of. Which, which to me, is why, like, he's he's really weird. Like, coaches make up their mind about players. But, like, it's so blatantly obvious that the players that he can't stand. And the fact that he, like, outed Marner to, like, the team... Well, yeah, like, let's... The let, tactic itself... Let's, 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 yeah, okay, let's, let's just ahead explain. Of myself, yeah, yeah, But it's just... It's... Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's explain what happened first. So, last night, Terry Koshan of the Toronto Sun reports that in the 2016-17 season, Mike Babcock asked a rookie player who was later confirmed to be Mitch Marner to make a list ranking his teammates based on work ethic. So, from... Best to worst in terms of work ethic. We found out today through Jeff O'Neill that he did this with more than Mitch Marner. And he did it in Detroit too where he would ask like training staff and stuff. So Marner makes the list, gives it to Babcock, puts himself at the bottom. My understanding is that he had Nazem Kadri at the bottom, at or near the bottom as well. And Babcock went to Kadri and essentially ratted Marner out. And Kadri, in one of the beauty moves of the century, stood up for Marner and said, why would you ask him to do that and then sell him out like that? And was like, you can't ask a rookie player to do that. And Babcock uh, responded to a text today from Elliot Friedman that said, I was trying to focus on work ethic with Mitch, focusing on role models, ended up not being a good idea. I apologized at the time. Yeah, so, so he owned up to it. Yeah, yeah, so he owned up to it. Which I'll give I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. He could have he could have just been like, "Nah." But instead, he he admitted it was a bad idea and he owned up to it. So I have to give him that. So, I want to give I want to give my take on Mike Babcock, okay? I think this guy, Ryan, is so competitive and has such a burning desire to like win but win in like a perfectionist sort of way that he's a bit like he, like he's a little bit nuts like like it's, it's what you were getting at earlier it's like he's he just r- does things that don't necessarily make sense because he's got such a rigid plan in his head because he's such because the one thing you've heard even the guys who have like chirped him they've said they've also said he's an incredibly driven and hardworking person, but I think he's so driven to the point that like he, it's his, he's tweaked upstairs in his brain because he like, he's, he's off his nut a little bit is what I'm, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like, dude, he, he, it's just, I don't understand. Like I, I understand he's really competitive and, and things drive him, and he wants to win his way because he thinks the Babcock way is the best way. But, like, it's just, i you've met these human beings in your life. You've either worked for them in a job, or they've been a coach of yours, or they've been a teacher, and there's just something kind of off about them. There's something kind of weird about them. And it's just, like, why does he care so much about fitness level and is willing to make his hockey team worse during a playoff game just because one guy works harder in the gym than another guy that is weird like it is weird that what is that which gets back to the point of like me saying he'll do anything to win that not necessarily because not icing your best lineup is not yeah and it's it's not because he thinks he's a better like like the Jason Spezza getting sat for Nick Shore all year okay like is Jason Spezza the Jason Spezza of before no like he's 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 a third line fourth line hockey player he's not going to give you a great forecheck but like continuing to throw out Nick Shore and it's like Okay, maybe he likes Nick Shore better, but the more games you watch, it's like, hey, this is clearly well, he, just a slight no, against Spezza, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a beef with Spetsa from I know. the second camp open. That was a huge story in training camp. And one of the things that was reported this week about uh, why part of the reason why the locker room sort of rebelled against him this year is because Spezza came here in the off season, took the league minimum to come here and worked with the guys in the offseason apparently he's become quite popular in the room all the guys love him and Babs just sewering him night after night after night the rest of the guys in the room are like what's this guy's deal and so that's one of the things that I read this week that caused the team because Ryan I believe that they like just the vibe around the team in terms of body language and like facial expressions and sellies after goals and stuff has completely like 180 changed. And so I, I do believe that there was a part of these guys who just like lost the will and were like, and you can criticize them for that if you want. Like you can easily say like, there's a lot of people whose take is, well, awesome Matthews, you're paid 11.5 million. So I don't really care if you don't like your coach, get out there and play. But you made the analogy earlier about the boss. It's like if you have a boss that just takes it out of you day after day after day after yeah, day. Yeah, I get it, man. Like, I do get it. Know. Like, yeah. it's not Austin Matthews' fault that people like you and me aren't making $11 million a year. That's not his fault. That's This is his job. Yeah, He's just really good at hockey, and he's in a business where you're allowed to get paid $11 million. He didn't ask to be... A great hockey player, like he did, he does He's not just like your average Joe. Like it's, he didn't ask to get paid eleven million dollars. He's going to work every day, and that's all he knows. And if you're, you're right. If his boss is just like making his day to day life just miserable for him, like it's going to show eventually. It's going to wear on you eventually. Eventually, you're going to go screw this. Like, why do I want to go out and play for this guy if he's treating me like this? So, Mike Babcock is from a bygone era. These are things that I feel like went on a lot in the Mike Keenan, Scotty Bowman, Daryl Sutter days of coaching. And Mike's biggest flaw, in my opinion was not, like, trying to force kids in their early 20s to behave and think and perform like John Tavares and older, more veteran guys. And one thing that we're learning about millennial athletes is... And we're going to talk about Sheldon Keith later, but based on everything I heard him say today after the practice he had, this guy gets it. You cannot... If you're going to take the hard-ass approach, that is only going to work for so long, and you have to be winning games. And I think he just... He never... And because his ego is so massive, and because he just unquestionably believes in the Mike Babcock way, he was not able to look at himself and say, I got to adjust the way I'm dealing with these guys, or this isn't going to end well for me. And we all believe that Babs is going to get another coaching job in the league. I hope for his sake that he... Takes the rest of this season off. Has some time to go hunting and fishing in Saskatchewan. Listen to some country music. And reflect and realize that the game is just going to keep getting younger. And you can't be a hard ass like you've always been. Or it's not going to work for you. Yeah, and he's he's really hard on the rookies too. Like he... He's shown here that he is not the best coach for rookie guys, unless you're Zach Hyman. But no, but that's the point that you were just making. So he saw Hyman benching in the weight room and just that day was like, this is my son. Yeah. Like Hyman, Hyman goes into the corners as hard as possible. And it's like, yeah, you want every player to do that, but not every player in this league four checks like Zach Hyman, but. You don't have to go so far out of your way to make such a point in all your media appearances to be like, well, Hyman was phenomenal tonight. Just not mention anyone else. And it's like, "Ah, you know, Hyman worked hard, but he really like wasn't a huge difference maker tonight. But you go out of your way just to compliment him anyways. Yeah. And that gets around the room. And I'm sure behind his back, Hyman got uh, some chirps. Yeah. From the boys. Oh, about for how sure. Much the coach loves them, but to to put I'm to put dumping on Mike aside. We've also like I don't want to be flip floppy here either. Like all year, we've also questioned some of the character of these players. Like I'm not gonna let this story about Mitch Marner kind of let these guys off the hook about th- like if they have the heart to really do this thing, to actually make a run to the Stanley cup, to actually win a playoff series. So now that Mike's gone, like we're really going to see what these guys are made of because by all accounts, everything we hear about Sheldon Keefe, it's, he's going to find the best opportunities for these guys to succeed in. He's going to play Matthews more. He's going to play Tavares more. He's going to find, more ideal situations for their playing style and try to put them in the best situation. So if that's the case, let's see, let's see. It's up to them now. It's up to them now because I'm still is, even though Mike wasn't a great guy, I wouldn't have liked playing for him either, but these guys still have a lot to prove to me. And I'm not going to let this story about Mike change my mind about the way they've played this season and the way they've played in past seasons at some points. So it's it, this is, put up or shut up for these guys let's see what they can do because it can't be two coaches faults like it's up to you guys now what's up everybody thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show if you like the show and want to support us give us a follow on instagram at talking buds podcast don't forget to subscribe on itunes or wherever else you get your podcasts spread the word tell your friends we really appreciate all your support thank you Now, Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, it is time for the positive block of the Talkin' Buds podcast. The Maple Leafs are 2-0 under Sheldon Keefe. I want your observations on what you've seen through two games, like your biggest takeaways through two games in the Keefe era. Well, Tyson Berry, number one. Like, that's the obvious one. Like, when a guy goes literally zero to 100 right away it's like okay like this guy was he's gonna he loves this idea of babcock not being around keeps putting him in better positions putting him on the power play play, putting him in better spots to succeed and do what tyson berry does which is what we've been talking about he's an offensive defenseman so that's that's the thing you've seen right away and probably the other thing is just i'm seeing some of the guys just starting to play a little more loose Like, I don't think they're playing a hell of a lot better. I don't really see a huge system change that's like getting, like, blowing my mind. Yeah, they're collapsing five towards the net. They're kind of moving around differently in the D zone, but it's been two games realistically. I'm not going to just make my mind up of how great Sheldon Keefe is after two games, but
1: I just feel like when you watch them.
0: That's where you and I differ, buddy. I am. I'm going to get Keefe tattooed on me. No, I've bought in no, oh, I've bought in I'm not bought in yet man oh, I, I've bought in I'm bought in on the fact that Sheldon Keith is probably a good hockey coach and he seems like a new age guy who's gonna have new ideas and and have a good relationship with Dubis that he could kind of like be like, like you said last week, he has kind of Dubis's ear, he could help things move along. But I'm not fully sold on this group of guys together. Oh yeah, no, you're Regardless more about the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, sorry, you're more about the players. Excuse me, playoffs. Yeah, like I'm more on the players. Like Sheldon Keith, we'll see. Like, I don't think he's going to be a bad coach, but he's not Scotty Bowman. So, but I just want to see what this group of guys can do. Can they even make the playoffs? Like, dude, they're, they're they got a hill to climb. Like Ryan. It is November 25th, 2019. The Maple Leafs currently sit at 11, 10, and 4. I am here to tell you that the Maple Leafs will make the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Okay, are you seeing a, a divisional... A divisional Uh, spot? They may have to sneak in in a wild card spot. At this point, they've put themselves in a position that it's more likely that they'll be a wild card team. But I am here to tell you and all of our Talking Buds listeners, the Maple Leafs will right the ship. I'm not saying they're going to win a cup. I'm not saying they're even going to win a round. But the Maple Leafs will make the playoffs this season. Well, if they're one of the wild card teams, you know what that means. They're going back to Washington, or they're going back to Boston. Oh. <laughs> so take your pick. Oh, whatever one, whatever one you want to go to. They I'd better get in one me. of those divisional spots, man. Oh. They better hope the Habs fall down or the Panthers slow down. You do not want to be in one of those wild card spots, and and dude, they they gotta they gotta like play like a top team in this league to, to get a good spot in this, in this year's playoffs. Like I'm not totally sold yet that they, they could miss the playoffs. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of in that boat. Like I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket right now, but like, I'm, I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure they're going to make the playoffs. Like they got a hill to climb. Like, can let's I, see, uh, let's see what they can do here. Can I tell you my Sheldon Keefe observations? Yeah. Um, just as I touched on earlier, first and foremost, is the the vibe around the team and the look of the players is just vastly different. Um, a lot more freedom to uh, freewheel, and they're, they're not dumping the puck in as much anymore. They're, it's all Willie Nylander zone entries. But my favorite move that Sheldon Keefe has done... Saturday night, guy calls a timeout to let his first power play unit get a breather so they can go back out and play the full two minutes. Yeah, that's that's a slam dunk thing that he could do. All the things that Mike did to drive us nuts, if Sheldon does the opposite of that, It's like a slam dunk at this point. It's a slam dunk decision. Babs used to sit there with a stopwatch just dying to get the second unit out there. Yeah, He was just like, just could not wait to get the second unit out there. Which, again, I don't want to get, like, we don't want to be a dead horse, which is why, like, we're, why everyone's kind of excited for Sheldon Keefe. Yes. Why everyone was kind of sick of Babcock is things like this. Like, you can actually do things like this without breaking one of your rules that you, that are made up like like I, I just i i saw that the other night and it was just like a euphoric feeling came over me i was like this guy is like i have awesome matthews and john tavares and tyson berry and morgan riley and willie nylander on the ice i'm gonna leave them out there for the full power play it's i also like, applaud just putting two d men on your first power play, like like it doesn't have to be four forwards. And like, guess why what? not Ryan... have two D patrol your point? And you know because... what? One night, if they're not going, he might not do that. He might go with four forwards because just because it doesn't have to be the same thing all the time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I two D man patrolling the point is better than one. Like a forward doesn't patrol the point as good as a D man, and you have two. D Man who've gotten who got over 50 points last year. Morgan rallied 70 points. Tyson Berry's got over 50 points three times in his career. Like, you can put 2D there. If you're if they're even more skilled. Tyson Berry's better on the power play than Andreas Janssen. Yep. I don't care if Andreas Janssen could stand in front of the net. Maybe that's not what you need. Well, he's put he's a more skilled use, guy uh, out there. He's going to use Janssen on the PK. Well, good for Janssen. Yeah, I know. I know. Good for Keith. But, but, but again, Keith's just like, let's give you like you killed penalties for me on the Marlies. Let's let's give you a shot up here. Whereas Babs was like, you can't kill penalties. And spikes. their penalty kill has has been like the worst I've seen it since like the Ron Wilson era. Like this was this is like Ron Wilson era penalty killing. Their right penalty now. kill is tied for twenty fourth in the league, and that's that's gone up, but. Yeah like they've looked better but like that's that's going to be another thing you're you might see right away if all of a sudden their special teams jumps up to better half of the league higher than 15th like that's the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team so is, is special teams like today at practice Sheldon Keefe was using multiple um pads at the like ice pads at the Mastercard Center and the team was split up into groups and they were doing specific skill drills, just honing in on the player's skills. And this guy gets it, Ryan. After the game, or practice, excuse me, he's doing his media availability. There's about 700 reporters in the guy's face. He's asked about the different practice today and just focusing on skills and like splitting the guys up and blah, blah, blah. He says, the fact that we've tried to tap into the offensive abilities of the players and pairing, with, pairing that with the needs we have for them defensively, I think it has created a little more excitement and perhaps a bit more willingness to give a little extra on the defensive side of it because they know they're getting some freedom offensively. It's also just knowing that part of our defensive plan is to be good with the puck and on offense. You say that to these kids, man, and they're just like, "Yes." Yeah, yeah. Like gets it. Gets yeah, it. Yeah. Barking at we'll Austin see. Matthews is not and this is where so many, I'm sorry, excuse me if any if any of you are listening, so many of the older fans get tripped up. Like barking at these kids to get back and play, it's not going to work. Like it's just not going to work. Like, you got to get into their, tap into their um, desire to score and be like, if you play well defensively, you will score more goals. Ensuring we have the puck heightens your chances of scoring goals and prevents them from scoring goals on us. And it sounds obvious when I'm sitting here saying that, but that's something that these guys, like you you need to you need to stroke the egos a little bit Ryan yeah, well there's there's the Xs and Os of hockey okay like every coach most coaches can get the Xs and Os down but if you really want to be get the best out of a guy born in 1997 like you just got to treat him with respect and just be a beauty every once in a while and when you need to get stiff on him you you do it and He'll listen because he respects you if you do the things I just mentioned. Like, just find out the best way to, like, deal with him in the room, in the media, in your discussions between you and him. Every guy ticks differently and reacts to stuff different. And sometimes you just display to your whole team or to that player that you could just be kind of a beauty sometimes. I can't really think of an example of how Sheldon Keefe could be a beauty to Austin Matthews hockey related, but you're kind of get it I'm saying, Yeah. If, if you do all those things, when it's time to get stiff and like kind of lay down the line and tell him how it is, it's going to go way further for you because he he'll respect you. You know, like there's, if you keep barking, eventually it's like, Hey, I just, I don't like you anymore. So I think Sheldon, if Sheldon goes ahead and does that, and also adds in his kind of new age way of hockey with Kyle Dubas. Like, we'll see what happens. Well, it's it's clearly like puck possession based. Like I mentioned earlier, like the thing that I noticed is like if, if they're like they're they want to enter the zone with the puck. They don't want to dump it in and go and get it. Like this team is not physical. So you yeah, don't like, want to dude. they're the worst four-checking hockey team in the NHL. Exactly. Like exactly. There's... And they've been able to have better offensive opportunities in these last couple of games because he's sort of said, like, listen, we're not dumping it in and going in and getting it. We only have one guy who can do that. That's Hyman. Yeah. So and there's and they're a talented hockey team who has a new spirit to them. And if they just play like better than they were before like they're gonna win some hockey games they could beat good teams yeah like we don't need to talk about stanley cup like that's kind of in the rear view now now it's more like let's see what you guys are made of and if you play just better than you did before you're gonna win some games so like implement that with good systems and good special teams like you you could find yourself back in a good spot you want to do a bum and beauty of the week Man, I don't even... This has been a crazy week. It's been more, like, management-related than... I know. I was going to say, I feel like we're both going to go there. There's a couple obvious choices. I don't want to... Like, who's a bum, man? Like... Mike Babcock? Should we just... Uh, could we we Maybe we should just go with the unanimous how Babcock, Seward, Marner, bum of the week. All right. Well, before that, before we say that officially, Ryan, hit the music. <laughs> Time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. Alright, so I think we're in agreement. Bum of the week. Mike Babcock sewering Mitch Marner. Yeah. We won't go with Babcock fully because of just. There's he did, one he was, thing, it wasn't all bad. You there's know? one like, thing we didn't discuss, though. Do you think Shanahan knew this was going on? Yeah, he had to, he had to yeah. know. Yeah, he had to have known. Yeah, and do you buy into like Marner used this in his contract negotiation and no. was like, no. I, if I'm gonna play no. for this guy, no, I don't buy that for a second. I think I had everything to do with Austin Matthews. Mm. I don't think I'd I don't think I played in for a second. If if you ask them now, they'd probably say it. Like I'm sure it didn't help, but we all knew that was about the money and Austin Matthews. And I get the same as Austin because I've had more points than Austin. I've been healthier than Austin, so I I don't yeah, want to use. Much. I don't. I don't think they should. That's too easy. That's too easy. All right, beauty of the week. Beauty of the week? Yeah, you go first. I I got some decisions to make. Well, mine's obvious. Like, he's, he's won me over for the season now after calling that timeout to give the first power play unit a breather to keep them on the ice. Sheldon Keefe is my beauty of the week. Guy is thrown into a toxic situation, handles it like a legend... Instantly gets the players to buy in. I'm talking instantly gets the players to buy in. I, listen, I was skeptical too, because I've been critical of Kyle Dubas on this show, but I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Sheldon Keefe. So, and I bet you this won't be the first time he gets this. Sheldon Keefe is my beauty of the week. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with, I don't know if I've named him yet this year, but I'm going to go with the, Austin Matthews is my beauty of the week Oh, because I feel like I've seen him be a lot more free and have played a little bit harder since the firing. That doesn't make it okay to not play hard before the firing, but I just feel like I've been hard on this year because I feel like he can give so much more in the D zone and the O zone and four checking wise and puck battles. And now I'm going to leave that in the hands of Sheldon Keefe. Because maybe I'll give Matthews a little free pass there to be like, okay, you got a new guy. You got your coach that you didn't like out. You got the new guy in. So let's see what you do with the new guy. But I'm trying not to be flip-floppy. Sometimes I feel like I come on here and I just kind of contradict something I said last episode or last year's season. And one thing I remember saying in the past, I think it was last year's, what I've wanted to see out of Austin Matthews out of in his career so far has been a guy who stays healthy and a guy who's going to have more than a point a game per season. A guy who can get you 100 points, 90 points, 80 points. A guy who you're going to go on your Sportsnet app and see, go click stats and see he's in the top 10 in points. And regardless of his forechecking or his puck battles... One thing I've always wanted to see out of him, he's doing this year. He's getting his points. He's getting his goals. He's looked a lot better in the past two games. So Austin Matthews is my beauty of the week. I want to do two honorable beauty of the week mentions. This is the positive show, Ryan. Tyson Berry. He's gotten a couple bum of the week so far, so we got to give him credit. He's got a new lease on life now. And He's looked really good. My second one, Pierre Engvall, legend. Where the hell has this guy been? Maple Leaf legend, Pierre Engvall. Yeah, pretty another, pretty big guy. Legend, pretty big winger gets a nice shorty breakaway goal in Arizona. Yeah, well, you also forget that Keith won a championship with a lot of these guys too, which is a factor that, like, sometimes I forget. Like he's not he's coming the here. Longest with Longest neck eyes. I've ever seen. <laughs> he's a so beauty of the week honorable mention to the living legend, good guy, Pierre Engvall. Oh yeah, just a goat. Another fourth line goat. Just right, a not not Freddie the goat. An actual uppercase goat fourth line player, Pierre Engvall. This week, Ryan. The Maple Leafs head to Detroit to take on the Red Wings, which is an opponent they were kind of happy they're they're seeing right now. Let's uh, hopefully get another uh, another one in the W column there, and then Friday Saturday they have a back to back against the Buffalo Sabers. I'm reading this. Correctly, Friday's game in Buffalo is a four p.m. start. That's sickening. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Thanksgiving. Oh yes, yes, uh, U.S. Thanksgiving. That's why. Yes. Oh, Americans just it do Thanksgiving. Man, you the Americans just do Thanksgiving so much better than we do. Oh yeah. And U.S. Thanksgiving is so much better than Canadian and Thanksgiving. And they send it on the sports, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Send Although, it on s- the sports. Some of the football games this year are like, leave leave a little to be desired. Because U.S. Thanksgiving is great. is a great day for NFL football. But, like, some of the matchups this year, it's like Bears-Lions to garbage teams. Bills and Cowboys. That's that's not bad. Cowboys are the Cowboys and um the Bills are Bills are going to be a playoff team. And then oh, yeah. the Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. I know the Falcons beat the Saints a couple weeks ago, but the the Falcons are terrible. So underwhelming the worst NFL games. Team to bet on maybe in NFL history is the Atlanta Falcons. Oh man, they just know how to just give you the middle finger. Anytime you bet against them or you bet for them. You you went I'm pretty sure I'm over them. on Atlanta Falcons bets in like the past 2 years. What well, did you uh, uh did you bet on my Green Bay Packers last night? No, I actually took Sunday off. I oh, took no. this Sunday off. Wasn't feeling great about some of the games. I don't know. the, the NFL's kind of weird right now. Like it's Kind of just waiting for the playoffs to start. Well, like, it's that's... this year is different, and you you like here we go, Leaf podcast, and now we're into talking about football because we both love the NFL. But this year's different, like, you can literally draw a line down the center of the league this year as to like who the good teams are and who the crap teams are. Like, you know how much I love watching Red Zone, I haven't been watching Red Zone the last couple weeks because some of these games it's like. I don't care about the Dolphins and the Browns. Yeah. That's horrendous. And, and it's like just a quick last little thing. It's like th- this season's been like usually it's always about the passing, pocket passing quarterback, the guy who can just lead you down the field. And like Russell Wilson's done that. But this year has been about the defense, 49ers, Pats defense. It's a, been about running game. Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson. It's just been like a totally, yeah, totally different year. Yeah. Hasn't been the most exciting year. I'm going to be honest. Like there's, there, there hasn't been very many like this. It's been, it's been pretty underwhelming. Yeah. It's the AFC is just garbage. Oh yeah. And the, the, we, we know who the cream of the crop are in the NFC now. Like the, the top three teams in the NFC are the Niners, the Seahawks and the Saints. And then yes. the Vikings would be in there if Kirk Cousins wasn't their quarterback. Nah, the Packers still there, bud. I know I know they got <sighs> dummied against the 49ers, but yeah, they're going to yeah, they'll right. make the playoffs and they'll they'll, of they'll have a heartbreaker. They'll bunch have a heartbreaker, f- but a bunch of fakers. Yeah. Anyways, this is a hockey podcast, Ryan. Um so next week I'm thinking next week they 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 play Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So we'll probably be back after the Wednesday game against the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, the Avalanche again? Yeah, the Avalanche again. Because, like I said, Ugh. they got the they got the the Wings, Sabers, Sabers, Flyers, Avalanche. Avalanche again. Yeah, I don't know um, how I feel about NASM. that. Nazem makes his return. Naz makes his return to S- Toronto. Oh yeah, straight to the Cactus Club yep oh yeah boy Naz oh yeah baby yeah thank you very much for downloading everybody we will catch you next week